Before we begin, I want to talk about our sponsor, and that is Patch Junkie. Are you a member of the military or a fan of uniquely made items? Hell, do you like to just collect stuff? Let's talk about a company out of Delaware called Patch Junkie. Patch Junkie is an Etsy shop that sells uniquely designed patches. Their stock includes everything from military-style morale patches to designs that reference popular culture. They also sell other patch-related stuff like patch mats and patch bags so you can stick your patches to them. So when you go onto their website, enter the promo code SALUMIS for 10% off your order. Once again, that is SALUMIS, S-A-L-U-M-I-S-T, and instantly get 10% off. That website is www.patchjunkyshop.com. So these guys are all about quality, they're all about taking care of the environment, and they're all about taking care of their customers. So they hand-pack their orders and thank each and every person for their support and they really do a great job to reduce waste they prevent deforestation they offset their carbon footprint during shipping and then they support conservation efforts guaranteed they're doing a lot more than you so for real show these guys some love jump on their website www.patchjunkyshop.com and buy some stuff What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Salumas Podcast. It's March 1st, and after a great month of growth and Black history content, we're ready to build off of that momentum and give you all something that I believe is going to make you think. So today's concept is going to be on egocentric bias. So egocentric bias is is essentially being so concerned with your own perceptions that you fail to understand what the interaction feels like to the other people whenever you're talking about things like your political beliefs, your religious beliefs, or your social beliefs. I think it's a huge problem that a lot of us experience and that we actually suffer from whenever we're talking to other people about things that might be pretty political. So Chris and I sit down and we go over this kind of concept and then we try as much as we can to keep our view out of it but we inevitably cannot escape it so i still hope that you guys find some value in this episode and i hope you enjoy it so sit back relax and listen to episode 904 lego my ego okay everything's recording finally got the one piece of one piece of equipment that really made everything a lot easier with our with our recording so it was that potato gun that shoots dildos in it it was it was and they were it was specifically big black dildos that that really changed the sound the key though is you gotta load people fuck up and load them in so that the dick is facing outward you gotta you gotta you gotta face the suction cup outward so when it lands yep it sticks it to sticks. whatever surface. Yep. And when it wobbles, like you get maximum wobblage. Maximum wobblage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So the reason, or first of all, I do want to say that it was a great Black History Month. Um, I thought that our content was solid. One thing that I really liked a lot this month or in February was the fact that there were so many people that were just aware there were i've never seen so many conversations so many open conversations about black history about just the system the like people dig, are learning digging below to digging, surface. yeah and then they're realizing that it's class they're realizing that it's a ton of other things than just race and uh i for one was very excited to see the growth in a lot of people uh and maybe we're just becoming, you know, the people that we that we hang around with, we're becoming more accepting of each other's 
opinions. You know, we're all getting older and hopefully a lot of us are getting a little bit better at listening. Uh, I certainly have, especially through doing this, I've certainly learned to be way more critical of myself than I am of other people. And so because of that, I tend to try to, to listen more and to hear other people's opinions. And I'm way less, um, less Reactive. prone. Yeah. I'm way less prone to throw people into the trash. <clears throat> oh, you yeah. know, but I, yeah. you know, I made my, I made that post the other day about the, uh, the Confederate flag, you know, the military banning that. And I was like, your relatives are trash for supporting it. That's, that's a hard line for me still, but every other thing I'm pretty, I'm pretty lax. I like to think, you know, you know, it's not as though any of us are not, are descended from people that did, didn't do dirt, you know, at some point, you know, it, some of us, it's just more, uh, more recent and Mm -hmm. it's more relevant to what we're dealing with today, but we're all descended from some cutthroat motherfuckers in one way or another, you know? Well, that, and some of that, I guess, sort of leads into what I want to talk about today. Uh, we certainly live in a very much uh, politically charged landscape. And a lot of people are taking to, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people are taking to social media and they're taking to other platforms and they're really going out there and and speaking their mind, which is totally fine. But I think there there comes a point at at which you're or, or when you're speaking your mind or you're talking about your opinion or your belief or whatever, where you get so far into yourself that you forget about the effect that what you say has on other people. <clears throat> and so the concept that I wanted to really talk about, it, re- I, it was truthfully inspired from a uh, NPR podcast episode I was listening to called in hidden brain. That's a, a podcast series by NPR. Um, but one of the things that they were talking about is what they call egocentric bias. And so just going over the raw definition of it, it's, or an example, egocentric bias is essentially being so concerned with one's own perceptions that you fail to understand uh, what that interaction feels like to other people. A more proper definition, uh, and this one's coming from uh, effectivology.com, it says the egocentric bias is a cognitive bias uh, that causes people to rely too heavily on their own point of view when they examine events in their life or when they try to see things from other people's perspective. Essentially, egocentric bias causes people to either underestimate how different other people's viewpoint is from their own or to ignore other people's viewpoint entirely. That's something that is pretty bad right now. And I think that in a, in a time where it's an election year and there are there is a big change, you know, the, the big time front runner is up here with ideas that are that are completely unconventional to what to the status quo. This time, now more than ever, we really need to be a lot better about just listening to what's what's being said, listening to the effect of those words on other people, because as we get closer and closer, that possibility becomes more real. And the same thing really happened in 2016 when everyone thought that when Donald Trump was running, they thought he was just a joke. And then it became more serious. And then they were like, oh, shit, this is this is real. And because no one was truthfully trying to listen to what he was saying and listen to the effect that what he said had on other people, it, you tend to alienate yourselves. And so one of the things that he was able to do quite successfully 
was rally entire groups of people behind that because they felt like they weren't getting listened to. And I think that the same thing might be happening with the Democratic Party. But we don't have to make this conversation purely just political. I think that egocentric bias happens everywhere in all forms of communication. Right. And and I will say it just to and I think that, you know, that I, I feel like Biden and Trump fundamentally at the end of the day work for the same team. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to believe that people like Andrew Yang, um, Bernie Sanders, even if their ideologies don't exactly coincide with what you or I feel like are exactly spot on are not bought and fucking paid for. But it, but in my opinion, you know, Biden, the status quo is the status quo, whether it's rebranded as this, that, or the other. And I think that, um, with Biden, Biden's big win in South Carolina, what, what is the, the, um, the racial distribution in South Carolina? It's pretty black, man. It, it, I, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be mistaken, yeah. I want to say it's 52% black. Mm-hmm. They have a strong black population. Yeah, and then uh, and then a smallish Latino population, like two to five percent. I'd be surprised if it's if it's 52. That's pretty high. But I, I, I saw some statistics. Yeah, we can all look it up. Yeah, check that shit out. But um, whenever they were talking about it on CNN, again, the status quo. CNN and Fox News act like that they work for different squads, but mm-hmm. they they really don't and and if you guys think about it and it makes total sense to me why would the powers that be leave things up to chance or Mm. so messy as to have these two contentious groups going at it it's not like that yeah it's 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 pageantry it's pageantry on both sides my point being the group that got rallied by um donald trump he played off of them being disenfranchised yeah um, and overwhelmingly, and it's not to disparage people who supported Trump or voted for Trump, but the demographics, the way they played out, it's not as though an enormous amount of people went out and fucking voted. Yeah. He lost the popular bo- vote by what? 3 million votes. I think 2 million, I two, believe. 2 million votes. That's a shitload. That's quite a few fucking yeah. people in a country that's, uh, what, but 270, 300, five, 300, 300 million. million. Yeah. Uh, that's not a minuscule margin for real. Point being, long-winded ass Kilborn point, and being, that's not that's also counting every person. That's voters are a different, yeah, like naturalized citizens yeah. that are eligible yeah. to fucking vote and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, th- that's an excellent point. Uh, population numbers aren't reflective of eligible people yeah, to exactly. fucking vote because you have people that aren't of age, and then you have people who have a felony or something Mm -hmm. that prevents them from voting. But you play off of people being disenfranchised, and that's a great way of rallying folks. Yeah, Trump did an excellent job of that shit. And it's hilarious because no part of me liked Hillary. And honestly, like whenever Trump won, and I held my nose and voted for Hillary Clinton, um, because I believe in holding my own folks accountable. I have no ground to stand on when it comes to holding somebody else's peoples accountable. Sure. So let let me see the person that's lying to me about the shit that I believe in, and let me burn them at the fucking stake because sure. it serves no purpose for me to crucify Trump. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, of course, of you, course you you're biased. So yeah. you're going to, no, bitch, I just, I, I don't like any of them. 
Um, and, and I think you'll notice if you look at my wall, it's not like I'm flooding my Facebook with Bernie Sanders support type shit. Mm-hmm. I just don't. It's not like I believe he's our savior. Again, back to the point, it's rallying the disenfranchised. Bernie Sanders is doing the same thing. He's rallying the disenfranchised, but he's u- utilizing a, a different voting block, mm-hmm. like young people, overwhelmingly like your generation, uh, younger generation X, generation X, generation Y. Uh, those folks tend to gravitate towards Sanders substantially. But Biden's big win in South Carolina kept on being touted by CNN as appealing to uh the rural vote and specifically rural African-American vote in South Carolina, yeah. which is a pretty significant amount of folks. Yeah. There's a lot. There, of, and it's, I found the number 27% is, is that, 27. which is pretty, that's pretty good number in a state. I, I, per, the 52% was probably uh amount. It, it was broken down by race okay. that voted for Biden. Maybe. Okay. okay. Some, some shit like that. Yeah. Okay. That didn't mean to spread misinformation. No, we fixed it. But you know what? I'm not super fucking savvy when it yeah. comes to <laughs> shit like that. And I'll admit it. But um, the black vote was pivotal in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's a fundamental part of, you know, winning South Carolina is appealing to the black vote. And Biden was Obama's vice president. Yeah. And CNN kept on touting, OK, the rural vote and the black vote mm-hmm. and the black rural vote. Um, if you look at the demographics that are associated with that, it's a lot of folks that voted for for Biden had a uh, high school or less than high school education. Same with Trump. Yeah. Um, I don't I, I can't really attest to the shit with Sanders. However, again, there, you're you're playing off of a very basal human thing. And Mark's not here to talk about it, but that lower brain, you're, yeah. you're playing off of the fucking lower brain. So, and I think the lower brain ex- explains a ton of the egocentric bias that happens. Like, and again, it's not just political. There's way other spots. Uh, there, there's way other examples of that, but keep going and, I'll, and then I'll go into well, what I was saying. And, and Again, I know I went on this big old long fucking spiel because I've been, I mean, I've been thinking about it a lot. And um, even though I try to be as objective as possible, I don't, I don't hitch my, uh, my wagon to any individual in particular. It's a blended ideology that's context-based. I've said it a million times. I'm, I'm a contextual socialist. It's like antibiotics. You don't want to take antibiotics all the time. It's not good for you. Yeah. But antibiotics might be necessary to remedy some ailment at some point in time. That's the purpose of socialism. If if we are to democratic have democratic yeah. socialism, yes, that's the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need roads built. Okay, we need to band together and get that shit fucking taken care of. Mm-hmm. What? What I was also thinking about, and this is to switch gears pretty substantially, um, egocentric bias is a lot easier in an environment where you really don't need other motherfuckers. Yeah. And what compared to a um, hundred years ago, we really don't need our neighbors and we don't need our community mm-hmm. in the same sense that we once did. We need our devices. Mm-hmm. We need our um, our entities like 
Amazon and uh, Hulu and Netflix and Facebook and shit like that, that keep us feeling like we're tapped in and we have access to whatever. Yeah. But our needs are not based upon any kind of, uh, I, I guess, collaboration between individuals within a community. It keeps us super goddamn fragmented. And that already fragmented environment, when acted upon by somebody that does have influence, that is somewhat respected, it it kind of it, it's going to careen completely out of goddamn control. That person is going to at a certain point, and I've fallen victim to this shit. I I have to battle it constantly. I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. It's like self checking stuff. Um, you fall into feeling as though, oh, I have been reinforced regarding X, Y, and Z. It's lightweight my duty to perpetuate this. It's mm-hmm. lightweight my duty to continue doing this. And you had brought up the Stanford. Uh, yeah, before we before we were recording the yeah. Stanford prison experiment. Yeah, uh, would you? So it, let me I'll, I'll, let me pull up the the real thing of just so I'm 100 percent accurate with it. Um, keep going. Well, and, and the long and short of that is, and, and this would never pass ethical guidelines for conducting any kind of experiment it, today. But uh, Stanford University divided uh, students up into. I can uh, talk about it now if you want me to. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Take the ball. Right, cool. So I'm reading this straight from Wikipedia here. So the Stanford prison experiment was a social psychology experiment that attempted to investigate the psychological effects of perceived power, uh, focusing on the struggle between prisoners and prison officers. It was conducted at Stanford University on the days of August 14th uh, through the 20th, 1971, uh, by a research group led by Dr. Uh, Philip Zimbardo using college students in the study. Volunteers were assigned to be either guards or prisoners by a flip of a coin in a mock prison with Zimbardo himself serving as a superintendent. Several prisoners left mid experiment and the whole experiment was abandoned after six days. Early reports on experimental results claimed that the students quickly embraced their assigned roles with some guards enforcing authoritarian measures and ultimately subjecting some prisoners to psychological torture. While many prisoners passively accepted psychological abuse and, by the officer's request, actively harassed other prisoners who tried to stop it. The experiment was uh, has been described in many uh, introductory social psychology textbooks, although some uh, have chosen to exclude it because its methodology is sometimes questioned. Sometimes I ask, that shit is questionable as yeah. hell. But there's a lot of merit to it, and I sure. think it's provided, especially like where we're at now, it's provided kind of a watermark mm-hmm. for uh human nature and and I no disrespect to homeboy uh gentleman we had on that owns uh anytime fitness yeah Nick Atkins he, him believing that that people are inherently good I think that's a beautiful thing coming from him because I think he genuinely believes that yeah. and I think that that came from a place of sincerity and goodness mm-hmm. um I don't believe I think good and bad are social constructs and we're organisms that act upon, you know, our own self needs. And in order to transcend that, we have to acknowledge dark potentialities. Mm -hmm. That's a hard thing to discuss. That's a hard thing to, to retort or present somebody with when they say, I believe people are inherently good because man, that shit sounds good. Yeah. I want to believe that. Yeah. But God damn it glosses over a whole lot of stuff. Sure. And I, and I want to make the connection with, uh, with politics and the, and the 
Stanford prison experiment that I was talking about is that when, when you have the assumed prisoner and uh, prison guard role, the connection that I was wanting to make uh, when I was talking, I think I might've messaged it, mentioned it in our group chat was that whatever political group is in power, those in, in my opinion, with the way that a lot of Americans seem to conceptualize politics and the way the world works, depending on who's in power, there seems to be like a prisoner and a prison guard role where it's like the prison guard are the ones that are protecting. Obviously, they're protecting their authority, the status quo, their status quo, their president, their candidate. And so the people that are prisoners are subjected to and I, I'm doing air quotes like torture, but like they're made to feel like they don't really matter or anything. You lost. Suck it up take it. This is, you know, this is my president or this is your president too. You know, using that kind of language on people, you, it, it's destructive. Everyone gets it. That's the president. It's, if you de- live in, it's dehumanizing. It's dehumanizing. And it's objectifying. Yes. Too. And when you do that enough, all you're going to do in the long run is get people more and more divided. So I remember whenever, whenever they, whenever Trump had won, I made a message and I was like, now the ball is in your court, the people who supported him to help other people understand that this is a good thing. But instead we took the prison guard approach. Worse, like, worse than I fuck up. Worse you know, than I have ever fucking I've, seen. Dude, I've never seen that before. Exactly. It's it is reduced what what was already a lot of pageantry. Yeah. Our 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 political system is known globally mm-hmm. for being like a fucking soap opera. Yeah. I mean, people from other countries are like, yeah. they tune in to watch mm-hmm. it because it's fucking bad shit insane. But never have I seen people relish just like the schadenfreude that's associated with it. It is reduced something so fundamentally, excuse me, so fundamentally fucking important as in our society, our social system, our proliferation as a country to a rivalry between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah. And, And that's true. And the crazy thing is that when, when I see some of the people that will make posts and, and stuff like that about, Sanders or whoever the Democratic candidate is or the other going back and forth. It's like there's still all it is is just egocentric bias. No one wants to see the effect that your words have and no one wants to like even try to understand the perspective of the other people. You love being in that position. You love it, dude. And you like whenever uh, it the craziest thing is when I see like low SES, very conservative people. And they're posting stuff about how, like, uh, Medicare for all and stuff is is a horrible, horrible idea. But at the same time, they're all about if if the president were to say we're going to put two trillion dollars towards the military, they're like fuck yeah. But now when they say hey, this thing could potentially cost sixty trillion dollars over ten years to take care of everyone, they're like that's too much money. At what point do you decide to care about money? At what point does budget mean anything to you? And then again, being low SES, like they, they, there are benefits that could actually help that person. And I've seen it multiple times where there, there have been people, uh, when, when Obama passed Obamacare, uh, there were people that were saying like, I was vehemently against it. And then then I got affordable care. act. I was vehemently against it. And then I got sick and I lost my job. 
And it was this thing that helped me out. Like everyone has their egocentric bias until some shit happens to you. And then you might need it. And everyone talks about, you know, and uh, our mutual friend, Tony had posted on there and, you know, he made a post about, um, uh, health benefits and stuff like that under the new plan. And I said, Hey, it would be, I like my current plan because it's extremely, it's extremely cheap for me. And it's really good. It's like the rates are fantastic. And I was, I said that I think that people should be able to keep that, keep their own thing. Thinking out it now, because I grew up in, in welfare, in government programs, I can't, I can't in good conscience have that mindset. I have to be okay with willingly saying if my yeah. money is going to go to help someone, because That's I it. don't think of this shit as a, because I have that perspective of having nothing, I don't think of it as a handout. I think of it as an investment because all the you people, goddamn right. all the people that paid the money for, for me to have food on the table, there's, I'm paying that back by the things that I do now. The work that I put in now. There you go. And, and so, you couldn't have done that if I you hadn't have been facilitated. Because I would have been <clears throat> thinking about get where am I so, going to get food next? So if, if we live in a in a, a meritocracy, which I would like, I would like for that to be the case. I would like for us to live in an environment where uh excellence and hard work and shit are celebrated. But in order to meaningfully celebrate and and I mean just facilitate other individuals. <clears throat> you're going to have to invest on the bottom end in order for the cream to rise to the top, yes. because you're not going to know who the fucking cream of the crop is unless you give everybody the same kind of bid at. And, and again, don't get me wrong. If you're sitting here listening to this, life is not fair. I know life isn't yeah, fair, but we can mitigate some of these issues to a degree and, and it, or at least just be, upfront and honest and be like, Hey, it's every man for himself. It's social yeah. Darwinism up in here, but we didn't get this far as a species by, by thinking that way. Yeah, we didn't. Our ancestors collaborated, cooperated. Yes. Yeah. There was, there's been a lot of conquering and restructuring and shit that's gone on. And, and honest to God, Kalu, I know very well, you know, I, I have health insurance. I've got good ass health insurance um, by virtue of, my profession but i understand and i've understood this entire time it's not as though i i'm a civil servant because it pays well it's not because it's easy it's not because i can't go somewhere and make more money it's because it's my i feel like it's my responsibility because other people aren't doing it and i see i see the collateral damage that's done by successful human beings every day of my life yeah And it's, 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 let's, let's, let's build, let's build momentum, momentum, let's build, let's continue. And I know as well as anybody that to take what we're doing now and the momentum that we have with our, our current social system and restructure it around a Medicare for all plan, God damn, the train is going to come off the tracks to a degree. Now, to a degree's ass. There's going to be a lot of kicking and screaming by the powers that be that stand to lose it's going to a be lot a of money. massive growth period too because Dude. it will it will cost people money but it's the what I'm what I think of are the things that can come from it so if you if you think of the the space program right 
uh, back in the 1960s. So back then, you know, the United States was in just a state of conflict, right? There was wars going on and society was still extremely divided uh, along economic and racial lines. And God, so civil rights. Yeah, it was nuts back and then. And that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. So, and you know, the Soviet Union, of course, they did their thing and fucking shocked the world uh, when they put a satellite up. And it was literally, do you remember Sputnik? I what mean, you- it was it was a basketball that was strapped to an ICBM. And if you don't know what ICBM is, that's an intercontinental ballistic missile. And at that moment, I think that America collectively shit a brick. And you ask why, and, and I think it's because it doing something like that sent a message that that if the Soviet Union can send a missile to to space and have it orbit the Earth, and they can surely send something to the United States. But the other reason was that for one of the first times, one of the rare times, America received full proof that it wasn't number one. It, you know, there was that whole if you want to call it the, the egocentric bias, we're never going to care about anything else going on, the, going on in the world because we're the most superior country ever. So you have a lot of that stuff going on. And then they realized that they were no longer a world leader and, and everyone saw it. Even people who weren't in America saw it. And I think that that same thing is kind of going on now. They're seeing that we're not a world leader anymore and there's panic going on everywhere. So you know, and I, and I wrote a couple things about this, and I want to just sort of read what I have. I said that it's it said that necessity is the mother of innovation in the United States. Um, I think that there was a feeling of of, of need and a, a fear, and it was a fear that enacted action that advanced the nation years ahead of the rest of the world. And I said that it ushered historic change culturally and economically that the world had never seen before. And so the space program born of fear and necessity led to tons of different creations. And so I wrote down that like things like the cochlear ear implants uh, to help others finally actually hear stuff, embedded web technology. And so that uh, that's embedded EWT is what led to IOT, Internet of Things. So being able to like program your refrigerator and shit from your phone or run your thermostat from your phone. Fuck all that shit. It's fucking sweet, just saying. So you know. I know, you love that kind of thing. I'd rather be able to build a fire with... Fuck off. <laughs> I'll order a... I'll, order a fire I'll order off of a Amazon. Fire. It'll come soon enough, man. <laughs> like, your shit was ready earlier. <laughs> I know, wasn't it, dude? Um, you know, things like water purification systems. Uh, and, of course, that stuff ensures that we aren't drinking a ton of nasty bacteria and stuff. Stuff that other countries are... Just drinking willy nilly, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, if we want to get real materialistic, CMOS. So that stands for complementary metal oxide semiconductors. Those are the things like the lenses and stuff in, or the sensors inside of your cameras when people want to take all the goddamn selfies and stuff like that all the time. Like there are so many things that came from that fear, that problem. And it's like, what happened to our ability when faced with when faced with real issues? What happened to our ability to dream and to want more and to come up with other stuff? That's what I wonder. Like, what happened to us? Because I see a, there is a there is a health problem in the U.S. and other countries' health is better than us. Yeah. So if we're so happiness, concerned, happiness index. And, yes. Oh God, happiness index is way higher in other countries. So if there's stuff like that, maybe, maybe, if we gave this a chance, if we gave it a chance to help people with healthcare no matter no because every every one of the candidates there on or at least on the democratic ticket is 
is wanting to make some kind of change or expansion to it, you know, and, and, and trying to have some revisions and stuff like that done. So if it feels fitting to be able to talk about that, if we have a problem right now, what if it worked? Like, what if it worked? What if Sanders plan or Biden's plan or Buttigieg or Warren's, what if their plans actually worked? But none of that shit's going to happen unless we allow that stuff to happen. Like, unless we open up our minds and say, okay, let's give it a shot because that shit is an investment. Just like the space program was an investment. There was historic disapproval of the space program. Whenever they were like, why do you want to put something on the moon? It's going to cost too much money. That's what everyone was saying. But if we were to just the same way that we invested in, into our programs and stuff like that, if we invest in, in other people, don't you think that there could be some new shit to come out? Oh, I, I, I feel like there could. Well, absolutely. And I think that there, there has been a whole lot of implicit, God damn, I don't want to call it racism. I don't, man, I don't want to call it fucking racism. I don't, no, but, yeah. but, uh, it, it's more akin to like xenophobia, I mm. guess. But the the white fear of becoming a minority, mm. um, the white fear of uh, the dissipation of this this idealized uh, 1950s atomic family um, shit is just it, it, it has almost become pervasive at mm. this point to where it's like, no. This this static notion of this is how things are supposed to be. Yeah. And we all fear change. But when enough of us yeah. agree on the same thing being scary to change, Jesus fucking Christ, there's no yeah. telling what kind of reaction you're going to get out of that. And, and and you like you said, what if it worked? Mm -hmm. What what if it worked? Um, you know, I it, think of my father in law. He just got you know, he got diagnosed with with cancer a couple weeks ago. And, you know, we talked about all the things that are, that he's going to have to do as far as, and it was, it was kind of aggressive. It was like a blood cancer, you know, and, um, you know, he's trying to look up different treatments and we're going through and we're trying to figure out what's, uh, what needs to be done. My wife was telling me that one of the things that they were going to need to, they were going to have to, or they suggested doing, do you know how much that shit would have cost, would cost him $870,000. Yeah. Like, can, like it, it just blows my mind. So it's like this dude who has, you know, and obviously there's different options out there, but this, this person who has tons of life left to live tons more opportunities to have, uh, have an impact on people. This is what someone's going to tell me you have to spend $870,000. There is a small, small, small percentage of people that can afford that. There's a small percentage of people. Oh, yeah. And even the people on the other side of the argument can't afford that. So, and, and I hate that some shit has to happen to you. And he's a Republican. That's a funny thing. And I sit there and think about it. I'm like, man, like, I wonder what, what his thought is on it now. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder if he, if he wonders, you know, if this thing were to go through. He has to. He got to, you but know? I, I mean, look, and, and I don't want to speak for everybody, yeah. but I, like Adam Shorts. Mm -hmm. Yeah good friend of the show yeah. excellent man <clears throat> there's there's hardly an individual within the religious community that i have more respect for than him but i think it would be <clears throat> reasonable to assert that men of god even you know 
There are a lot that I don't respect, but even ones that I do respect, especially the ones that I do respect, have moments of doubt. Even when it comes to something as fundamentally pivotal in your life, if you believe in yeah. God, as the existence of God. So if if people are sitting around occasionally, it's human nature yeah. to entertain things like that. Yeah, and they say the depths of your faith scale with the depths of your doubt. Absolutely. That's how it should be. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So so you're the depths of how how uh I don't want to say how much you love this country should should scale with the depths of how critical that you should be of it. That's a beautiful thing of that's a beautiful <laughs> statement. That's concise. That pretty much encapsulates what would have taken my bitch ass a paragraph if I can <laughs> say. Thank you. That was yeah. that was really good. But but yeah, that it, it takes those moments of of like uh, getting some cold water splashed in your face, like holy shit! Yeah. Before you start looking at other things, and not to, not to go too far down a rabbit hole, but again, Mark's not here, so I got to fill in some of these pieces. Like, um, you know, the use of psychedelics to treat uh depression, things like depression, it's becoming more and more accepted. Um, it's it's being implemented. I think it's uh, was it the FDA is now utilizing trials again as mm-hmm. far as uh, it, psychedelic drugs and the treatment of depression. Um, also addiction as well. It's because these that momentum, that homeostatic momentum that we all kind of fucking develop with the, the world works this way. And, and, you know, it's a bit painful to have something abrupt jerk you off, oh, of, yeah. off your course, you know? Um <clears throat> You do a lot of that, or so I hear, whenever you take psychedelic drugs, like eating um, psilocybin mushrooms or taking LSD or something like that, it basically resets all of that shit. It doesn't uh, strip you of your faculties on the other side of it, but it does reset things and opens you up to to new possibilities as sure. far as like, you know, that I, I don't I don't have to follow that particular electric action pattern in my brain because yeah. that's essentially what it is it's just that that easy firing off of that particular action pattern within your brain it's easy our brains are lazy our bodies are yeah. lazy physiologically we seek comfort mm-hmm. so you have to acknowledge okay whenever you're assessing something and trying to be as objective as possible are you seeking comfort ask yourself that on the top end are you looking for the easy way out whenever you're addressing an issue yeah yeah I think that's 100%. By the way, did you park behind me? Or yes. did you park? I parked oh. park behind you. Okay, good. Because my wife just pulled in. Bitch, so I was just like, bitch, you know me? Yeah, I, I didn't know. I'll forever. Like, I try to even assess which side of the garage your shit is on <laughs> so that I can park behind you because I already know, man. Good man. Good man. Sorry about that. So I want to I want to transition into just other parts about um, egocentric bias. I think that what we had sort of both agreed on when it came to your, your love for the country scaling with your, with your propensity to, to be critical and to try new things because you love so the James country. Baldwin, like kind of that James Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah, quote. Actually, yeah. yeah. I mean, that stuff should scale together. And so, you know, I think that there's other areas where we, we do experience egocentric bias. And so I do it. Like if I'm, if I'm like speaking in front of a crowd or something like that, and I think that I totally bombed, but I don't 
I or hell, not even speaking in front of a crowd. When I'm doing this podcast, egocentric bias sometimes, especially at the very beginning, was really big for me because I thought that, oh God, I just sound so stupid. I said this so wrong. And by doing that, I forgot or I completely discounted the fact that it was the content, not how we delivered that. Oh, yeah. It was the content that really made everything. And I stress so much about making sure everything was perfect. And I was and I was without deliberately trying to be I was over the top bombastic at that time as well. Yeah. And now we're and and again, I, I find myself getting carried away and talking and talking and talking. And I know that I get carried away and mm-hmm. it, it, it stresses me out to a degree. But now we're at a point where I think you and I are just like we're digging. We're both yeah. just digging and I get excited. And, yeah. and that's what facilitates it. Mm-hmm. Not this not this Goffman esque dramaturgical uh, playing a role like front stage behavior okay. because I fucking fell into it. And that was uh, what we're working on two years of yeah. this shit. Yeah. This we'll say a year and a half, two years ago when we started this shit out, man, the the amount of growth that that we've experienced, mm-hmm. not just as podcasters, but yeah. as human beings and how we come off. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, man. Because I look back and I'm lightweight, disgusted. <laughs> I am. But yeah. I don't want it to go away because I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to look back and see the growth yeah. and, and see how terrible a fucking human being you are. And I like I like that realness. I like uh, Chuck D was recently saying, talking about our political system and electing somebody. It's like, we're, we're not going to God elect damn it. Jesus. Bert just ran over to the neighbor's house. Fucking idiot dog. <sighs> I'm sorry. The dog's going to get himself killed and I'm not going to fucking care about it. He looks so it, graceful running too. There, at least you on the cul-de-sac and everybody's like, somebody's going to bring you a basket of fresh muffins when they take <laughs> they your dog will. home. You bitch, I hate you. I know. High society is a hell of a drug. Yeah. Friend. The end of my cul-de-sac, everybody just has this implicit knowledge like, look, I'm going to tell you if your house is getting robbed, but that's about it. <laughs> that's fucked up, man. Um, I want to, uh, here's another thing too. This is This is where egocentric bias gets really disgusting in my opinion on facebook um it says on this page that egocentric bias can cause someone to assume that his or her colleagues all share the same political beliefs and social values that is something that god it's who would want that dude it's such trash who would want that that's boring as fuck people will post things out there and it's like I get it that you post up, people will post stuff for likes, but people will often post blatantly incorrect information and they will do it just because, just because it feels good to them. And again, they don't realize the effect. It's like that a, a what jab. They say. Yeah, because, because some people might believe it. For example, and I hate to go back to politics again. The 52%. 52% on $29,000. Y'all some stupid motherfuckers, some of y'all. Do you know how fucking dumb that sounds? No one is going to say that. No one is if you make more that. than there a lot, and if you're not familiar, Dude. there is a there was this enormous bid to spread misinformation that the Sanders tax plan was going to tax people at fifty two percent if they made over twenty nine thousand dollars a year, something yeah. like that. That fifty two percent only applies to people making more than two million dollars yes. a year, and it doesn't take 
anytime. Yeah. It's a quick Google search to show you the exact Sanders tax plan. Dude, it blows and it's my not, mind. And it's not terribly dissimilar from our current tax plan on the bottom end. It, it really only starts affecting people once they make over $250,000 a and year. And guess what? There aren't that many people that are going to ever make that hey, much money. They, it, Sorry. Look, me and you do okay, and yeah. me and you combined don't make $250,000 no, a year. No, we don't, dude. I don't understand why some why people have this kind of mindset. It blows my mind. Yeah. Why, why are you rabidly defending somebody that makes billions and billions of dollars oh that doesn't God. give a shit, give a shit about, about you. you. They don't care about you. Why? And I, 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 and I truthfully don't think that many, because at the end of the day, all those people that are running are millionaires. All of them are running. Except for Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's got a hundred, hundred K. Yeah. Um, it, and if, but if, did you see the scale, like the breakdown of wealth according to candidate? No. And it puts in perspective the the relation of how much billions is mm-hmm. related to millions, millions. and Steyer was is a billionaire, he is a billionaire but yeah. he he's got like 1.7 billion yeah. bloomberg is around 68 billion yeah am i wrong uh, uh, let me check his net worth look, look it up but it's it's many times over mm-hmm. Steyer's. and sanders got fucking jabbed by bloomberg the audacity of this ghoulish cocksucker to say well sanders has three homes he's like well yeah i work in washington i've got one at the crib and then i've got a camp 56.2 billion dollars (laughs) 56.2 billion dollars and if you again a quick google search you can see current democratic candidates net worth to scale some mm-hmm. some shit like that and it'll bring up a diagram that just shows how absolutely vast bloomberg's fortune is even compared to Steyer's. Yeah. and i mean that's that's a pretty easy extrapolation from 1.6 1.7 billion to 50 something billion but anyway we have a litany of people the salt of the earth okay mm-hmm. um Anti-intellectualism aside, because I'm going to put that down. I'm going to put that weapon down for a second because I still have a real problem with the culture of anti-intellectualism that seems to be to permeate mm-hmm. a lot of these groups that we're talking about. And real quick, just so you know, Bloomberg is 20 times more wealthy than Donald Trump. <laughs> well, he's always been a Republican. Like he, yeah. has, he has always been a Republican forever. I heard his... Uh, it, one of his radio ads recently, I may have even said this shit on the show where it was like, I'm going to invest yeah, this yeah. amount of money in historically black colleges and universities. Like, Why don't you just do it? Bitch, like, shut up. Yeah, do it now. Do it now. Why are you holding that money hostage, you bitch? Dude, dude that's the stuff that makes zero Look, sense. Well, that's Think dude, of Flint, Michigan. These guys can just fix it. Well, I, and I will say, Warren... Even though I'm not, I'm not a Warren fan. I don't hate Warren, but I she, net worth twelve million. Yeah, she, yeah, she's got, she got some yeah. loot. Bernie's around two. Uh, Bernie is, let's see, Bernie about two, two point five million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I will say during these debates, Warren has been butchering people and and asking like Bloomberg has this litany of accusations of sexual misconduct mm. against him. She's like, well, there's these uh um, what are they? These gag. Orders, Gag orders. Yeah, in place where like they've basically paid people off and they're 
not to say anything. And he's like, well, it's been mutually agreed upon. She's like, well, will you go ahead and just say that they're recused and that they can say it? And he wouldn't really answer that shit. But I think you, you have, have taken us in a direction where it really makes a lot of sense. Like the onus, anybody that's up there on that, that podium talking could very easily hold the other candidates feet to the flames. Yes. You can't really do, I'm going to be real. And, and I do okay. Like I'm content with the amount of money I'm making. $2 million is a lot of money, but on a national scale, $2 million is not a lot of capital to be swinging around. You really, you could hamstring yourself and be broke cr- pretty quick really with quick. $2 million. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in the $50 billion range, you can legit fix some shit. Yeah, you can you get can. some things done. So why not? Okay. If, if you're a decent human being, Go ahead and fucking fix it. Fix it right the fuck now. If you fix it, I, I swear on everything. If Bloomberg was like water in Flint, Michigan, done. fixed, done. Historically, uh, black schools, all this money poured into it, done. Yeah. Of uh, feeding children, done. Like if he just this man alone can fix poverty if he wanted he, to. He fucking can. He, <laughs> he goddamn can. Fix can. Poverty if he so, wanted to. And and you know what? If the bitch did it, like yeah. if he just took his wealth and was like. Here we go. And he did it. Yeah. I'd be like, I, man. That's my president. Hey, yeah, that's my motherfucking president. I, <laughs> exactly. I, hey, he he might have done some devilish shit. He's done yeah. some heinous shit. But you know what? This is, people He's are out, eating. He, he, he is out here fixing things. Yeah. And I think that, that part of the problem is, is that the way we feel about that. Um, that's the same kind of feeling that that blue collar America, the salt of the earth, feels about Donald Trump. Blue collar white America feels that way about Donald Trump, but they don't really know why. Yeah, because when you again, when you ask, He's nothing like you. Well, yeah, and and He's nothing like me. And really, when I've asked, you know, tried to, because I have friends that that still like are, and I'm not saying people that voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. Again, when he got elected and people were crying because Hillary lost and he got elected, I laughed. Yeah. Because I'm like, Donald Trump historically has been liberal as fuck about yeah. a lot of shit. He's a capitalist, but he's been liberal as fuck. He's been much more liberal than Bloomberg. Yeah. So I was like, ah, let's wait and see what the fuck happens. But whenever you ask again, the salt of the earth, otherwise reasonable, handy, hardworking fucking Americans, um, what has Donald Trump done for you personally? Like what, exactly. what, how have his policies affected you? You can't really get a straight answer. You it's can. a difficult thing. And, and, and if you're listening right now and you're a Trump supporter and, and you are within the less than, I, I don't, I don't know what tax bracket, I guess somebody's going to have to fall into for them to have, done boom or bust as a result of mm-hmm. like stock market fluctuations. I, you know, a lot of people have money in uh what is it? Hard assets. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like rural kind of folks, you know, they'll, they'll invest money into silver, into guns. Yeah. Yeah. Guns are a great investment. They mm-hmm. don't depreciate in fucking value or anything. Um, I kind of, I'm getting a little bit sidetracked with this shit, but the, the point is if, if, Somebody is listening right now and you are a Trump supporter and you support his policies, his his fiscal policies, um, his social policies in general. 
we would love to have a conversation about how he has helped you personally and how he can help other people. Because right now there's a, there's an enormous swath of people that don't believe that he's doing anything for them. And there, the same thing was going on to well, it felt like it maybe for, for people who did not support Barack Obama, they might've felt like they were disenfranchised or left alone. I will say that the the club got a hold of him. I think so, one hundred percent. Oh, Barack uh, Obama. Yeah, because he <clears throat> came, oh, yeah. and this is what this is what happens to people. We well, turned gray too, man. Well, you know, you, it weighed on you, him. You come in clean, dude. But man, that system makes you really dirty. It ain't did shit to Trump. Trump looks as fresh as a, it's because he, he always he has more money than all of those people, and it hasn't affected his day to day. That motherfucker no. still like. Instead of playing golf, he could fix a lot of shit. Like yeah. the money that it's taken just to play golf. And the funny thing is that he made comments about that during his like during his campaign in 2016 was like, there will be no times of me playing golf. I'm, I'm not going to do what Barack Obama, Barack Obama did. Like, it's weird how, again, when we imbibe in that prisoner and prison guard mentality, you just forget everything that's going on. You forget the fact you forget everything that happened before you just get stuck in your role. And my I think team, that's my, yeah, team. my team. And it's so, so dangerous. And you'll do anything possible, even if that means disregarding the stuff that might've been done before. And that stuff gets very, very scary, man. We've got to be careful about that kind of shit, man. We really do. And I hate to keep taking it back to politics, but that's, that's just what we're, we're putting it through the grinder. That's what we got to do. Well, and, and you know, we, there's a lot of hokey bullshit that we're fucking fed. that sounds good. Mm. And, and there's this, this cognitive dissonance that occurs where the same people that will be like, well, the world ain't perfect. Mm. Nothing's fair. Nothing's fair. Are also the same people that will say like, well, they, I don't see color or or some shit like that. Yeah. That's Um, an egocentric as fuck. Dude, it is. It's it's a, and you know what? Another one that I hate, and we're we're coming off of the heels of the longest Black History Month that we've had in uh, in four years. Four years. Uh, thanks, Sleep Year. Yeah, thanks, Sleep Year. Uh, one more day. It is yeah. still the shortest motherfucking month. Yeah. Um, but there, I, I, I always, we always get fed this thing that uh, racism isn't isn't um it is a learned trait nobody's born a racist bitch i don't believe that that is necessarily a scientific fucking fact i think that as organisms okay i own american pitbull terriers Mm -hmm. and i have never ever once condoned them be aggressive towards other animals um but genetics dictate that if a certain stimuli elicits, I guess, a response. That response tends to be one of fight. Yeah. Get in that ass. Yeah. Destroy. Conquer. Yeah. Don't stop. Um, the good ones are not bred with the flight. They're not. They're there's not no self. The there's no self preservation. That is a them. chainsaw. That, it is. <laughs> it's. It's a beautiful. 100% trustworthy sweet little chainsaw. Yeah. They're 100% reliable with people because they were bred to be that way. Yeah. Well, as far as dogs are concerned, yeah. an animal is an animal. Humans yeah. same fucking way. Nature has anomalous things that occur, but as far as breeds are concerned, well-bred American pit bull terriers on the uh, 
what is it? The uh, temperament index. Yeah. They tend to pass at a higher rate than Labrador retrievers mm-hmm. do. Um, in the same vein, <clears throat> a Labrador retriever faced, raised the exact same way, faced with the same stimuli, is not going to respond the same way. Mm-hmm. The point is, we want to create this separation. And there's there's not a fundamental agreement amongst human beings. Like, oh, I didn't come from no monkey. Like, that yeah. kind of shit. There's not a fundamental, and it's steeped in anti-intellectualism. So let me, let me pick my sword of fuck anti-intellectualism back up. And there's this disconnect where people even ma- refuse to make the fundamental acknowledgement that we are organisms, we're animals, we're part of a natural order. And as a result, there are scientific elements to it that can be somewhat analyzed and quantified. <clears throat> and this like narrative mysticism that we like to assign this, this myth of personal uniqueness. And again, I wish Mark was here to talk about it, where each of us think that we're so fucking self-important yeah. and unique on this planet when we really only amount to a microbe on a microbe on a microbe yep. to the one millionth fucking degree and when you be when that self-importance goes unchecked um and it just goes crazy the max like bad behavior comes through Mm -hmm. and i want i want to make a i want to make a connection to again to the stanford prison experiment and i want to read this part here said uh after a relatively uneventful first day on the second day the prisoners in cell one blockaded their cell door with beds and took off their stocking caps, refusing to come out or follow the guards instructions and just try and connect this to what is happening right now. There's and this this sentence right here are people, in my opinion, this is people shutting down their minds and just saying, no, I'm not going to listen to anything that's being uh-huh. said. Fuck Trump or, you know, fuck Sanders or whatever that everyone is putting the walls up. Right. So. Next sentence is a. Guards from other shifts volunteered to work extra hours to assist in subduing the revolt and subsequently attacked the prisoners with fire extinguishers without being supervised by research staff. That's that's the next thing. So that, in my opinion, what's happening right there is now the people that are in power are going on these attacks on their own and they're saying whatever they want. They're filling things with information. Who cares if it's if it's if it's wrong there? You know, people will respond to someone if you look at my favorite Facebook uh, thing is WNKY40 because they're fucking hilarious, but they'll write something and someone will write some big, well thought out thing that that may be political. And someone will just respond with a big sign like stupid liberals, Trump 2020 or something yeah. like that. And you're just like, Triggered. whoa, whoa. You know what I mean? Okay. So um, finding that the uh, finding that, handling nine cellmates with only three uh three guards per shift was challenging one of the guards suggested they use psychological tactics to control them again this is without (laughs) without the researchers telling them people are getting creative now um they set up a privilege cell in which in which prisoners uh, who were not involved in the riot were treated with special rewards such as higher quality meals the privileged inmates chose not to eat the meal in uh, commiseration with their fellow prisoners. After only 35 hours, one prisoner began to act crazy, as Zimbardo described. Number 8612 then began to act crazy, to scream, to curse, and to go into a rage that seemed out of control. It took quite a while before we can be, before we be, became convinced that he was really suffering and uh, and that we had to release him. 
Guards forced the prisoners to repeat their assigned numbers to reinforce the idea that this was their new identity. Guards soon used uh, used these prisoner counts to harass the prisoners using physical punishment as a protracted exercise for uh, for errors in their prisoner count. Sanitary conditions declined rapidly, exacerbated by the guards' refusal to allow some prisoners to urinate or defecate anywhere but in a bucket placed in their cell. As punishment, the guards would not let the prisoners empty their sanitation bucket. Mattresses were valued. Um, mattresses were a valued item in the prison, so the guards would punish prisoners by removing their mattresses, leaving them to sleep on concrete. Some prisoners were forced to be naked as a method of degradation. Several guards became increasingly cruel as the experiment continued. Experimenters reported that approximately one-third of the guards exhibited genuine sadistic tendencies. Uh, most of the guards were upset when the experiment was halted after only six days. So you see, again, going into the behaviors, when uh, and saying it again, when this stuff goes unchecked, when we're not listening to ourselves and we're digging deep into our separate political groups, dude, we're, we're going to do some heinous shit to each other. And now it's funny. I saw when I went to a, a gas station, um, I saw a, there was an old guy that had a, a red hat and it said, make liberals cry again. It's like, dude, this, and that stuff equates when you, and, and you wear that he wore it. And it's funny because like he turned around, he looked at me, he smirked, like assumed I was, liber- you know, like I was liberal or something like that. And it's like, dude, this is where we are. The the group that is empowered, they are taking the role of that prison guard. And they're just coming up with all kinds of crazy ways to be able to dig, dig, dig at people. And it come election time, dude, uh, not enough people understand that this election is going to only be decided by a small few of people. Because all the states, Kentucky, it, it, the numbers are going to go up. There's going to be record turnout, but it's going to be in record turnout where the numbers are the same. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's going to be this. There's going to be a shitload more Californians. Like Cali's still going to be blue, but just many more people are going to be uh, are going to be voting. Right. That's why I've always said, if you want change, move away, <laughs> move away. So if more people moved into these other areas and showed, hey, you can you can be more, you can do more, bring a different mindset. You can slowly, but surely change things well, and, or and you focus can be on, changed and focus on when we had, uh, was it Carly? Yeah. That we had on, it, was she the one that said, uh, tend the garden you can touch? Uh, that sounds like Carly. I think, I think Carly said, tend the garden you can touch. Yeah. And I was like, yo, that's dope. She was like, well, I can't take credit for, for it. It's from something else. But, yeah, the uh, it it we always talk about it like you know activism starts at home. Activism starts within your own community. That's the it's actually the truth. Like y- our ability to make meaningful change isn't going to occur as a result of the presidential race. It's yeah. not. It's going to it's going to start from the bottom up. It's going to start with um appending uh, local bureaucracy as opposed to because again tend the garden you can fucking touch hold people accountable don't let people in your community have a pass yeah. because oh well he's a likable guy he's a likable guy you know he 
He's a guy's guy. He goes and he has a, a couple beers down everyone's, here. Everyone's from New York. Yeah. Boston. <laughs> well, it just doesn't work as well with a Kentucky Fair accent. Enough. But yeah, he goes down here on the square and drinks craft beer. And then he goes mountaineering and doing. A, meanwhile, the motherfucker is, you know, antagonizing, yeah. deliberately antagonizing what he perceives to be the other side and his success. Success doesn't come without a cost. Yes. You got to know, like in golf, know where your ball's going to end up. Most people don't give a fuck where their ball ends up as long as their bank account is showing the amount of and digits that, that they with their wallet. And people do vote with their wallet, it, especially, especially the, I guess, What's it going to be? The two hundred and fifty thousand a year and up crowd, which is not an and in- below. I feel because well, that's they want to be able to save money. That's true because I mean, it taxes do start yeah. kicking in, but after two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, the the Sanders plan in particular starts to look pretty oppressive. And for somebody that's for generations used to having a houseboat on Lake Cumberland and uh, multiple properties and doing all this shit, it seems like you're being accosted. Mm. Equality, trying to level the playing field when you've been privileged this whole time and you've accepted privilege as the norm, feels like fucking persecution. And you stupid bitches need to goddamn get over it. You know, and I think you probably know, you know what the term cracker comes from, what the derivation of the term cracker. I actually don't know. You I don't? Never, I don't really use it much. Okay. Well, the term cracker has nothing to do with a thing that you put some cheese on. Yeah. The cracker was the individual that cracked the whip, was out in the ah. field cracking the whip. Do you think a lot of times the cracker was a white dude? Do you mm. think that it was Massa? Yeah, No. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Django Unchained. It's out there doing the dirty work. He's up in the fucking the house lemonade. Yeah. Drinking lemonade and saying, I do declare while Mm -hmm. the cracker is out there whipping slaves and carrying on. And he meanwhile, he's being looked down upon by the plantation owners and the more genteel Mm -hmm. air quotes amongst the population at that time. But a lot of these folks that's like, well, I don't. I hadn't owned any slaves. Uh, None of my ancestors owned slaves. Anything. That's the truth. That is the truth. The majority of your white ancestors did not own slaves, but the majority of your white ancestors were subjugated into this same Zimbardo Zimbardo (laughs) prison study esque kind of environment where they're made to feel oh well they didn't own them but they'll whip them if they need they'll whip them they'll (laughs) motherfucking whip them and then to take it a step further you had house slaves yeah you have field slaves there was another source of division then you had field slaves that were american born Mm-hmm. And then you had cats that was brought over still yeah. that didn't speak it a lick of English. Mm-hmm. There were all these crazy ascending dynamics. And it's not as though that type of shit doesn't go away. It it just rewrites itself in a different exactly. way. And we're not trying. That's simply an example. Kalu and I aren't sitting here trying to appeal to everybody's sensibilities mm-hmm. on the basis of like the the misgivings of of our ancestors. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're talking about at all. The point is, is that we play a litany of roles based upon context. And, and it's, and you know what? 
It's built into our fucking DNA. Our ability to communicate effectively and collaborate has been our bread and butter as a species Mm -hmm. forever and ever and ever. And there's been social hierarchy that's been involved. I know I talk a lot about like sexual dimorphism and the implications socially of a sexually dimorphic species. Sexual dimorphism belies the notion of a division of labor. If you look at any species that's sexually dimorphic, there is a difference regarding behavior. Mm -hmm. If you look at raptors, birds of prey, typically the female is much larger and more powerful than the male is. But there's their roles tend to be a little bit different. And it's the same with human beings. So if we look at our, our paleolithic ancestors, and again, Mark's not here to interject. And I, I really wish he was, you know, kind of touch on differences within, I guess, subsets of the human race. But even if we, we take race out of the equation altogether and look at humans versus modern humans versus Denisovans or Neanderthals are mm-hmm. our, our relatives who are now extinct or absorbed into our genetic lineage. Um, two factors. The, the sexual dimorphism was not as prevalent. We'll use Neanderthals, for example. And I know I've talked about this before. Sexual dimorphism amongst Neanderthals was not nearly as contrasting. It's a lot more similarities between the, the, the skeletal structure of male and female Neanderthals versus homo sapiens. Mm. Um, so they did a lot of the same shit and, and looking at, at their bones, they tended to incur wounds that were consistent with like bull riders yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, shit like that, like that. fighting big game and shit yeah. like that. Well, f- female Neanderthals, tended to go and hunt alongside males is the implication with it. Also, there's another anthropological theory that our larynxes being lower in our throats allowed humans a much greater linguistic capability, a greater range of vocalizations, nuances, so we could communicate more effectively. Um, That was our bread and butter. That was our edge, our ability to fucking convey and communicate and collaborate and fall in where get in where we fit in. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's that's a common phrase that's thrown around. Get in where you fit in. Yeah. What does that shit mean? Because I tell you what. I think it's kind of dangerous because it does lead to echo chambers. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's dangerous as fuck. But it's it's often it's often utilized within these uh these power structures, whether it be like a sports team or any kind of competitive element, get in where you fit in. I think that's really the only place where it's applicable when you have like comparative elements between human beings. Mm -hmm. Um but in and of itself, when you hear get in where you fit in, it doesn't it doesn't really have a pejorative kind of thing. It's very American. It goes mm. along with the the whole stay with your own. Well, yeah, stay yeah. with your own, get in where you fit in. And 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 we're not talking about race either. Yeah. We're we're talking about ideas. It, ideas. And essentially at this point, this arbitrary shit has taken the place of okay, get in where you fit in when you are are collaborating to take down a woolly mammoth has a way bigger fucking uh it 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 has a a lot pardon me it has a way more different implication than 
get in where you fit in, where we sit in our asses on the couch, getting things delivered to our front door Mm. and having the luxury of arguing behind screens that are illuminated in front of us. So to, to take that to a different level or to maybe even simplify it or, or something like that, getting in where you fit in is, should be used in terms of like solving a problem rather than sitting there and talking about beautiful political party. Beautiful. So if, if I think everyone could agree that there's a drug problem, everyone could agree that there's a poverty problem. Everyone can agree that there's a health problem. So if we, if we truly got in where we fit in and the majority of us are like, yeah, we need to fix that shit. I, I have a feeling that we would all swing in one direction. Mm-hmm. Just what I think. Well, and and and, and it won't. In, in my opinion, it may not be with a specific political party, if you will. But if we were to focus on our on the actual problems rather than who is talking about them, we just say, "Let's go fix Flint." Everyone come in and do it. And I'm convinced that that's that's very possible because if you saw that video on YouTube of that stripper that fell like 15 feet. Have you seen her GoFundMe? Uh-uh. This bitch made $35,000 from GoFundMe. People just pitch in. So if people could literally do that, guess what that sounds like? People pitching socialism. into Sounds like socialism. God damn. <laughs> so if we just pitched in to fix a problem, maybe it's, you well, know, and we can just call it something different. <laughs> something that you've said, you said this a while back, that the United States doesn't, we haven't had some big existential fucking threat yeah. to unify us in a meaningful way in a long time. And that, that doesn't, I'm not trying to gloss over the fact that existential threats are still addressed on the backs of where our existential threat we are currently. Yes. And that's the thing is like, we look at other struggling people as the reason for the problem, mm-hmm. as opposed to their man, there, there are levels yeah. Like like we addressed in yeah. the episode. Oh, that's that's big what you said. We look to struggling people as a reason for our problem. And it's because of the egocentric bias, because I can sit here in my house and my nice computer and our two cars and pool and all this shit. And I can sit there and say, Well, I'm not ca- causing the problem of poverty. I'm not causing the problem of bad health care and all this other stuff. But instead, if I were to focus on the people that are being affected by it. I'd probably be more apt to do something and right. try and help them fix it. Right. And, and you know, I've, I've said it. And a that's lo- what a the ego does to you. Dude. Well, okay. We're, we're a pro Israel nation, mm-hmm. right? Well, they, they require mandatory military service. Yeah. That's socialism. Yeah. That's fucking socialism. Okay. So, what what's so uh, here in the United States? I don't ask I, for the fire department to come over, but I pay for it through my taxes. You goddamn right. I don't, but, pay, I don't ask the cops to come over to my house, but I somehow pay for it. Exactly. They they work for us. They, they work do. For us. And and it's a great thing. So why would you think the that the healthcare industry wouldn't work for you finally when they don't want to? You know the, what I mean? Well, they don't want to fucking now. pharmaceutical industry. And again, I, I, I'm not even going to uh, attack that fucking yeah, dragon yeah. right now. But the the powers that be, those who have accrued all the resources. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to demonize motherfuckers for for being what they are. Yeah, you can like a a dog can be 
an unstable dog, irreparably unstable through no fault of its own, but still need to be euthanized. And I'm not talking about euthanizing human beings, but I am talking about checking them with certain legislation, Mm. social policy that doesn't hamstring anybody. It just brings your privilege back down to a level that it doesn't become pervasive to other individuals. Your opulence is still going. You're still going to be leaps and bounds ahead of other people. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm really fucking sorry, but I don't care. If you've got a million dollar houseboat, I ain't too damn worried about it. And and what I was gonna say is, you know, Israel with their their mandatory military service, you take that and you have you bring that up in our our current political landscape. I would wager to say even a lot of conservative people would be like, well, that's not a terrible idea. Yeah. Right? Well, what about and I brought it up a long time ago in a, a different podcast. What about the notion of not just that expand it towards like civil service? Like you have to um, do two years of social work, something like that, because yeah. let me tell you, and it's not my, yes, I, I am emotionally invested in it, but goddamn, it's so draining, absolutely mm-hmm. fucking draining. And what you invest into it, you don't really have the energy to be some rabid fucking fanatic on the other other end. Yeah. A lot of times, yeah, you don't. It's a drop in the bucket. I can't. All the things that happened to me this past week, Kalu, and I know, like you, a good ass friend, and you're always like, man, if you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. But to be quite honest with you, like a lot of my shit that I I joust with, it. To talk about it only serves to re-traumatize. Mm. It it just it just serves to kind of grate on what what is already something that I'm going to have to continue to contend with over and over again because I've come to the acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. It's not like I have some pie in the sky idealized view of how the world works because let's let's be real. If we all make it. If everybody makes it and everybody is successful, eventually we're going to reach another tipping point. Mm-hmm. It, just it's there, human nature. There's too many, too many motherfuckers doing, doing whatever well. the fuck yeah. they want. Yeah, shit's going to collapse in another way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is, but there are things that we can do to mitigate it. And like, I think about it. This sounds like some corn dog ass bullshit, but like when I go to self checkout at Kroger or whatever. I don't even think about it. There are paper bags right there, but mm-hmm. the plastic bags are on the little like lazy Susan yeah. thing yeah. that rotates. And I'm just like, I just start loading them in there. And once I've already loaded one, I'll look and I'll see the paper bags and I'm like, fuck it. Uh, yeah. I'm like, fuck it. I'm part of the problem. No, yeah. I'm part of the motherfucking problem. Cause that plastic man, that is fucking all kinds yeah. of shit up. Yeah. I say that again, I say that because those little things, each one of those little things, adds up and each one of us as an individual each one of us has countless i guess footprints that we're leaving behind in yeah. our wake well-intentioned i don't mean to fuck Waves. the world up yeah i don't mean to fuck the world up but i'm doing it yeah. i'm contributing i'll get a bottle of water just plastic instead of yeah. carrying around analgin and filling yeah. that shit up yeah. i am Truth and reconciliation, and we always come back to that. I acknowledge that I'm part of the fucking problem, Mm -hmm. but I'm trying to balance it out the best I fucking can. So with, what what is the term again? Egotistic, egocentric bias. Egocentric bias. I think a lot of it 
it comes down to individualism, the myth of individual uniqueness, mm-hmm. isolationism, self-importance, anti-intellectualism, the Dunning-Kruger effect, the divide and conquer mentality, mm-hmm. and and the concept of the hungry tiger. Mm-hmm. The hungry tiger theory, you keep a tiger in a cage, but you keep it well fed. Motherfucker's not gonna act up too yep. much. Keep 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 it actually overfed. Mm-hmm. Keep it sated beyond fucking sated, but it's still in a cage. Yeah, it takes that. It takes a tiger to be hungry mm-hmm. to get out of that cage, or 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 being out of the cage. It takes being hungry in order to get something done. Yep. And none of us are well. None of us is that's hyperbolic as fuck. Yeah, very few of us are able to tap into that hungry tiger. Yep. We are so sated yep. across the board. And you you want to, though, and, and I think that's a great conclusion there, but I want to really add that the, the best way for us to stay hungry, whether it's for progress or change or anything like that, is to eat less. Eat less. And Live that less. means across the board. Across dog. the board. Live when like you eat less. Other people can probably eat. Yo, too. living like you poor or knowing what it's like to be poor. Yeah, man. It and and it's how many times have we heard the stories about like conservative people that are? Yeah, uh, you know, I just don't. Homosexuality makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Blah blah blah. And like gay becomes gay. Then they have a, a a child that turns out to be homosexual, and best case scenario, mm-hmm. they they're like holy shit it happened to me and that's a beautiful thing don't mm-hmm. get me wrong there's a shitty element because it's yeah. like well you couldn't come to this conclusion without it happening mm-hmm. to you but we have to make that acknowledgement that not everybody's equipped to do that yep. and we can't cast everybody into the fucking fire mm-hmm. because they're not equipped yeah that's true all right that was a that was a good one i like this one i really did i do want to define dunning kruger for some people yeah, who don't understand what that who may not understand But uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect is a cognitive bias in which people assess their cognitive ability as greater than it is. Uh, It is related to the cognitive bias of illusory superiority and comes from the inability of people to recognize their lack of ability. So that's a that's a wikipedia america yes we're the greatest yeah we are the greatest but we don't teach statistics in high school we sure don't and kids can't balance their checkbooks nope and uh kids can't uh take a take an l all right by the way do you said do you see the video i sent you about the dudes doing dozens on each other no it is like my like listen I, i i sent the video it was like yesterday at like 3 p.m I stopped laughing right before we right before we hit the record button. Like, <laughs> God damn. But it made me think. I was like, we need to do a dozens episode. We would just make fun of each other. Yeah, it'd be me, you, and we obviously Tyler, you know what I'm saying? This is Mark wouldn't want any part of this that shit. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, Mark would be like, I <laughs> it's like you motherfucker. Like, yeah, like God yeah. damn it. There's we just no have CHA to- in this one and just like just dozens, man. And it, it, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll show you the video. Yeah, Mark, Mark's got more. He got more of a Monty Python kind of yeah. vibe with his shit. Yeah. Like he slips it in with a straight face. Yep. Yep. And you're like, was he hurting my feelings just then? And or? I le- And then, and then sometimes you'll be like, are you playing with me right now? He's like, no, I'm being for real. And then you still don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I hate it. <laughs> How'd your week go? Outside of the oh, stuff you said you're dealing with, bro. Look, my week. 
I, I can't separate my week from my profession. I oh, just really? can't. But like, uh, at the end of the week, you know, I'm meeting with my supervisor and one of my colleagues, one of one of my greatest allies uh-huh. in this fight. And uh, supervisor, she's just like, y'all, I don't know. We get in these situations. And it is like, there ain't no poor me. Mm-hmm. I, I chose this. I yeah. do this shit. But, uh, and I don't even have the time, energy, motivation, yeah. whatever to fucking sit here and explain to anybody like yeah. all the shit that I'm having to joust with and interact with. It's just reality, yeah. you know? But she's like, somehow y'all do it. Mm-hmm. Somehow, like, I feel like everything is goddamn crumbling. And then we don't necessarily just fix it, but we end up doing the ending up on our end with the best possible scenario that we can muster. Yeah. And, uh, aside from just fundamentally feeling alive by, by doing the work that I do. Um, and, and, and there's an even flow with it. I get, I get jaded and a motherfucker, not burnt out, but I get jaded and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. But the, the beautiful thing, and, and it's taken me a while to realize this because, you know, we talk about it being a very natural human thing to see the fruits of your labor. Yeah. Um, I don't always, I didn't, I didn't always understand the fruits of my labor because it's like, man, I'm constantly spinning these plates and then like they're falling mm-hmm. and breaking mm-hmm. and all this. But um, really, I think I live for the strides. Like I, I exist in this state of chaos and I'm really on my, I'm on my game when it's chaotic. When yeah. there's like eight to 10 chaotic fucking things happening everybody's like yo we got to do this i step up and that's yeah. what that's when i'm my best um after i have fucking fought and fought and fought and and done everything that i know to motherfucking do at the end of that there's this little brief period this little cruise mm. until i'm like well it's gonna happen again but yeah there's this a little brief cru- cruise right there and that's the fruits of my life yeah that's cool man that's cool yeah, do, do we have any shameless shout-outs? Did you do whiskey and deadlifts yesterday? Hell no, man. I I got I got sick, dude. I had a sinus infection yeah. and I whiskey and deadlifts both are bad for you when you got a sinus yeah. infection, bro. Like it's just not gonna goddamn yeah. happen. Especially hanging out with them assholes. <laughs> I was really screaming I at to. me. I look, I, I Yeah, you'd you'd tear every callus yeah. off of your hands, but no, uh I missed that. Shout out to BG Powerhouse. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, not really like in terms of like, Hey y'all go check them out. But if, if it's something that you're really interested in, if you're interested in competent individuals doing good work within a setting, that's unlike anything else in Bowling Green. I mean, it's, it's no frills. There's no like BS associated with it, but there's tact and there's knowledge and there's, there's uh empathy and caring. These people really give a shit about doing a good job and legacy, mm-hmm. leaving a good legacy. So shout out to BG Powerhouse, um, Nikki Stock, uh, Burba. Y'all, y'all are killing it. I got nothing but respect for you all. On that same kind of topic, shout out to my boy Tyler Young. Tyler Young is on his pro tour. Um, he is a pro strong man in it the fuck up. He's been doing circus dumbbell presses. Like, I mean, he's stronger than I've ever fucking seen him. Mm-hmm. He's bigger than I've ever seen him. I bet his thighs be chafing and rubbing together <laughs> and shit. And, 
and I know you can't outrun me, bitch. But he's strong. How fast he is? He's he's deceptively fucking fast. Yeah, he is. He's quick. He bitch. I know we can race about it right now. If you listening, (laughs) we can run. But no, he's absolutely fucking destroying it, especially uh, in his weight category. He's hitting new PRs. I think he just pulled seven oh five. Yeah, I think it was seven forty five. No, I thought it was a 45-pound PR. Okay, so 705. 705, I think, is his new PR, but I think it was a 45-pound PR. Yeah. And if I'm wrong, Tyler, I apologize. If you pulled 745, Jesus titty fucking Christ, that's a lot. But I hadn't known him to pull over seven. Yeah. Um, But uh, shout out to him. Tyler Young, strong man, doing the pro tour. He's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's on IG. He's on Facebook. Check him out. Show him love. Show him some support. Also, he's a wealth of fucking knowledge. His YouTube channel, he's showing you how to do things and for no other reason than you being competent with it. Yeah. Also, shout out to Grade 8 Performance, Mm -hmm. uh, run by Tyler Young. Man, he'll he'll whip you up programming that is specifically tailor-made for your personal needs. It's going to ease you into what amounts to utter obliteration, but you'll be doing things that you didn't think you were capable of. Yeah, so shout awesome. out to grade eight performance. Shout out to Tyler. Young. Cool. Cool. Um, I just, I want to give a shout to this good ass weather, man. This is, I, I needed it, dude. Let me tell you, man, this, when it's dark and rainy, it depresses the shit out of me, man. You'd be sad. Yeah. And You'd so like the house with the sad. Yeah. So this, this afternoon and this morning, man, you'd be looking out the window like, hmm. Yeah. Pretty much like, oh, man. <laughs> well, I sat out on my deck and just, just relaxed with my dogs, man, and took in the sun and just, it, it was weird, man. Cause I was like, damn, man, I got nothing to complain about. You know what I mean? I got fucking nothing to complain about for me to just be sitting there. And it was one of those weird moments for just like 10 minutes. I was just thinking about my insignificance. You know what I mean? Wind was blowing. Sun was great. It was like 60, it was 63, 64 degrees outside. And I was like, fuck man. I, I, why do I bitch about anything? You know, like I know people are, are suffering and shit like that. So shout out to insignificance, shout out to the universe, oh, yeah. whatever it was. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. F- feeling insignificant. Let me tell yeah, you, it, it got me through, uh, being the kid that didn't turn his homework in yeah like if i was like ah this is a crossword puzzle like fuck this i don't need just 10 (laughs) points and then you'd have a little bit of anxiety before school but you're like i would get to that point where i'm like what's the worst that could happen this bitch can't kill me yeah and then i think about something that my grandmama used to say naomi kilborn um rest in peace her little four foot 10 ass yeah. walking around with spurs on talking shit <laughs> would say go ahead and shoot me motherfucker you can't eat me <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> all right guys i hope you all found some value in this episode uh i actually really really like this one um please reach out if you have any sort of feedback any questions comments or concerns we've got i've got i want to make a request um there's we want to take this to the to a new level and we want to be able to do even more and there's some there's just some more equipment that we need to get better and um you know largely we've been doing all the stuff that we've been doing out of our own pockets and uh you know i'm very thankful that we have uh patch chunky as a sponsor and stuff like that but for where i believe that we can go there's one more purchase that that needs to go down and it's one that i've been just dreading since we've started 
And that is the actual microphones that, that really are going to take us to the next level. And, um, so the, all the microphones we got, and I wanted to do like a, a, like a GoFundMe or something like that. I just set up a PayPal. We need a goddamn video camera too. Yeah, we just, I just, yeah, we do need that. But the microphones and the equipment needed to get all those things set up, it comes out to a little bit over, a little over (laughs) $2,500. And uh, it's, I just, I know that this can turn into something even bigger. You know, um, you know, just like I showed you the stats, you know, we're, we're getting around in, in this area, we're getting around, it was like, 14 1400 downloads a month now you know so that's people and we're just dropping maybe four episodes so like that feels good to be able to see that kind of stuff to see that kind of growth especially coming from like nowhere and i know that there's other podcasts that are doing thousands millions of downloads per episode but i know that we're we're still a fledgling podcast but i know that getting this last piece is going to really change things and then of course i want us to be able to get out more and, and do more interviews with people. I've really been saying that the FYFT episodes have been good. There's so many stories that people just, people have that just, they don't get heard. And so it's been, it's been really rewarding to be able to sit with all of you people who have done FYFT episodes with me and uh, have, have been wanting to put yourselves through the grinder. So thanks to all of you guys. But yeah, we do have that goal. So if you guys could, um, I'll have the link to donate on our on our site, but any sort of dollar amount, I don't care if it's like two bucks, three bucks, 10 bucks, something like that. Just help us get to our goal. Um, I'll be I'm doing everything I can. Chris doing everything I can. Mark's doing everything he can. But uh, I just know that that's the next phase for us. So help us out. Let's get this shit together. Let's you know, I'm. you guys have all grown with us. And so it's been beautiful seeing all that stuff and seeing how grass, grassroots, in my opinion, that this is become and what it's growing into and i and again i do believe that's going to do more so uh that's just a little thing i wanted to say about you know helping us grow like i said i'll have the donation link and stuff i'll make a post about it and uh so just help us out that'd be awesome but again you guys have a good week kick all the ass up there's going to be an fyft episode this week i'm going to be starting a new thing where i'm going to be doing uh reviews of older episodes and I'm going to be writing about those on our website. And so they're going to start to see more blog entries. And what I'm wanting to do is document like the things, the growth or the change. Maybe my ideas have changed. Maybe my mindsets have changed and uh, just be able to and hopefully get you guys listening to those older episodes, but also engaging in some kind of conversation so we can really try and everyone put everything through the grinder. So we're a lot better and we're a, a lot more conducive or we're putting ourselves to be in conditions that are more conducive towards our growth. So that's all I got. Are you good on your end? Yeah, man. I just, uh, I'd like to say that I'm real pleased with myself that I come at, <laughs> that I come out the gate with the dildo potato gun comment. In yeah, that case, was fire. In case we had some new listeners, maybe from our church round table discussion on race or whatever. But if you made it this far, thank you for, uh, for bearing with me i am crass but also i'm well-intentioned at yeah. least i like to think i am shout out to dildo potato launcher shout out big ups to dildo <laughs> potato <guns. laughs> all right guys we'll talk to you later and we will see you next week and we are out peace